Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. Well, amongst all the craziness and the chaos going on in the United States of America, frankly, in the entire world, I'll tell you exactly what we need. Ample libationary maneuvers. And today, we will enjoy summer spirit selections. I have 15 spirits, wines, even a beer that hopefully I will get to. I will make it a point to sample all 15 today. I've got uh, about seven or eight that I have selected, and we've got five that Tommy Diadio, Tommy D, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirit Procurement for the three Corona Cigar Stores and the Davidoff Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, he personally has selected. So we will enjoy spirits and, of course, a fantastic cigar. Two episodes left of the Cigar Dave Show Terrestrial Radio Edition. So we must make it count. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the thought police. Screw the speech police. And screw rioters and looters and those that would harm private businesses, private property, and the United States of America. We are not politically correct here. We're not going to take a knee. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to apologize for something we had nothing to do with four or five hundred years ago. But I can tell you what we will do today, and that is discuss freely, openly, under protection granted under the First Amendment freedom of speech. We will discuss what is going on in the world, but also enjoy ample amounts of spirits. couple of items. As always, go ahead and follow me on social media. Go to CigarDave.com, and you will see on the upper right-hand corner the different social media platforms that you can follow us on, whether it is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Sergeant Steve, we have to put up Parler as well, P-A-R-L-E-R. In fact, they're making a big deal because they're the Twitter alternative that doesn't restrict speech. Yeah, I'm working on that. I don't even know. Does, do they? I'm not sure if you can even put it on the Hootsuite deck. No, Hootsuite does not have that. Does now. not have that yet. Okay. No. Well, that would make it a lot easier because then I could do one social yes. media post and would go to you know all five uh, six different platforms. But they're making it difficult on us. But no worries. We will make sure that we get that up as well. Now, as I mentioned, there are two remaining, including this show today. There are two remaining terrestrial radio syndicated editions of the Cigar Dave Show. Then we go exclusively to on-demand podcasts. So a couple of items I want you to do so you don't forget. I want you to go to your famous, your famous, your favorite podcast aggregator, whether it is Google Play, whether it is 
Apple Podcast, whether it is uh, Spotify, iHeart, whatever the aggregator you use, do a search for Cigar Dave and subscribe so you get all of our podcasts delivered to you automatically. You'll just get a note saying, up, oh, the general has uploaded a new podcast. You don't even have to think about it. And remember, now that I have no restrictions on time, I may do two, three shows in a day. I could just come up with something. If something big is happening I want to let you know about, boom, we record it. And it gets to you promptly, immediately. You don't have to wait anymore until Saturday for our two-hour show. Now, also, there's a new podcast that we are creating called Bold Alpha. So all our cigar-related content will move to Cigar Dave. And all of our alpha male-related pleasure maneuver content will move to Bold Alpha. Sergeant Steve. We have recorded a special introductory episode, and I understand you have submitted it to all the various podcast uh, aggregators to post. That is correct, and it take, can take up to a week or two for some of these aggregators to add the podcast. So it's there on, on some of them now. Some of them are still to come. Okay. So what I want you to do is every day, this is your homework assignment. Well, you have two homework, three homework assignments. Number one, have a cigar every day. Number two, have a libation every day. And number three, check your favorite podcast aggregator and do a search for bold alpha and if it comes up great subscribe if not you need to check again the next day have another cigar have another spirit and check it one more time. we'll put the links on cigardave.com we'll also tweet it out and put it on social media as well when they become available fantastic excellent now one other thing before i get to some of the various related content items and i'm going to fire up a libation without any delay but the june officers club selections started shipping yesterday. They will ship into next week. It is the Macanudo Inspirado Sampler. We've got the Macanudo Inspirado White, the Macanudo Inspirado Orange that I will enjoy today, and the brand new Macanudo Inspirado Green. Now, it's officially being released this month exclusively to the Cigar Dave Officers Club members. I have received word from Steve Abbott of General Cigar that the Macanudo Inspirado Green National launch will not officially take place until August. So as an Officers Club member, you have a two-and-a-half-month or two-month lead on every other cigar connoisseur. Let me tell you about this Inspirado Green. It uses a velvety Brazilian Arapiraca wrapper, an earthy Colombian Carmen Cubita binder, and some sweet cedar Dominican Piloto fillers. It's a nice, rich, memorable cigar experience. I've had a sample blend. It is delicious. It is medium-bodied to full, fabulous cigars. So the Officers Club selection for June, the Macanudo Inspirado Sampler, the Macanudo Inspirado White, the Macanudo Inspirado Orange, and the Macanudo Inspirado Green started shipping out yesterday. All the shipments should be out by probably Tuesday, Wednesday, and you will be receiving those. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com. $22.95 per month, you get three fantastic cigars, including cigars like the Macanudo Inspirado Green, which, again, nobody else could get. Officers Club members will be the first in the country to get that. Okay. Now, I think at this point in time, we are going to start off with some of the selections. Let me tell you the selections that I have chosen today. These are my summer spirit selections, some of my favorites, and I could come up with a list of maybe 50 to 100. However, because time limitations, and maybe one day with our new Cigar Dave podcast and Bold Alpha podcast, maybe we will do 100. Maybe we'll just 
do 100. We have no time limitations, so maybe we will do 100 one day. It's like the Casey Kasem countdown. We did 37 beers in one two-hour show. Uh, wait a minute. Didn't we have to spread that out over two shows? We did shows? 45. We did eight the first week. That's and right. And then we came back the second week for Cigar Movember. Or, That's or, right. Or, or uh, November Fest. Well, Cigar I, November I, Fest. I'm Casey Kasem, and we're counting down the General's favorite spirits. At number 95, it's a wonderful spirit made and distilled in Tennessee. It's Gentleman Jack. Enjoy. Here's your long-distance spirit dedication. I can see it right now. Uh, By the way, Sergeant Steve, do you remember when there was a meltdown with Casey Kasem? When there was... He got some long-distance dedication or a letter or something, and he was going into, it was like a sad letter, and he goes into, like, he has to intro a fast, up-tempo song, yep. and he melts down and the whole thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's kind of like the Bill O'Reilly, the, you know. Yeah, exactly. What does that even mean? I, you know. He rips it off. Okay, yeah. we'll do it live. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let me do this. Let me pour a little glass of Gentleman Jack before I tell you the rest of the selections. Let me tell you about Gentleman Jack. It is what they call double mellowed Tennessee whiskey. What does that mean? Well, it uses what's called the Lincoln County process. That's what differs Tennessee whiskey from Kentucky whiskey or other types of whiskeys. The Lincoln County process is after the distillation of the, uh, the spirit of the, the Tennessee whiskey. They then, before it's uh, barreled, they actually put giant, uh, just all the spirit, big, you know, just tons of, of barrels over this giant charcoal wood that is probably about eight feet deep in this giant container in a big vat. And what happens is the Tennessee whiskey, which is at least 51% corn, I think in this case it's about 65% corn, there are oils on corn. You know, corn oil, you can cook with corn oil, but there are oil residues. And when they put the Tennessee whiskey, the Jack Daniels or the Gentleman Jack, through the the charcoal mellowing process, as the Tennessee whiskey slowly drips, it is removed, the impurities, the oils are removed from the Tennessee whiskey, from the Jack Daniels or the Gentleman Jack. And then they put it into a barrel to age. Now, the Gentleman Jack goes through a double Lincoln County process. So, before the spirit is barreled, they actually take the giant vats of Jack Daniels and they put it in these even bigger vats with the charcoal wood to mellow it. They put it in barrels. They put it in the rickhouse. It ages. And then before they bottle it, they put it through a secondary, not a fermentation, but a secondary filtration through the charcoal uh, wood, the charcoal process. And so Gentleman Jack is extra smooth. People say to me, I love Jack, but what's different about Gentleman Jack? Well, it's double mellowed. They put it through two Lincoln County processes. So let me say cheers. Excellent. And right on the nose, it's got wonderful aromas of a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of uh, spice, almost some clove. Take a sip. Hmm. This Gentleman Jack by Jack Daniels is unbelievably mellow. It's got a lot of flavor, some warmth on the palate, but it is very, very smooth. A Jack Daniels regular bottle is smooth as well, but you notice a different sensation on the palate, not as oily, very different than other types of whiskeys, and certainly 
uh, Kentucky bourbons. But very, very pleasant. Take another sip. Mm. Absolutely outstanding. Sergeant Steve, do you want to sit, by the way? Absolutely. All right, we've got to get you. Oh, we've got I'll a glass here. I'll get one. We've got one right here. There you go. Yes. Now, are you familiar with Gentleman Jack? Yes, I enjoy it at home quite frequently. Excellent. All right, so, well, cheers. Go ahead, drink up. Because today, while what I will do is after the Gentleman Jack, let me introduce the rest of our lineup. I have tried to create a lineup of my favorites that are from various parts of the world, as well as different spirits. Next up, we will sample the Balvini Caribbean Cask 14, where they actually mature the whiskey in Caribbean rum casks. Then one of my favorites, Old Forster Birthday Bourbon. It comes out September, October every year. A very special distillation of Old Forster that has been aging, I think, at least 10 to 15 years. Phenomenal. In fact, the bottle looks like the copper pot still that is uh, where the, the Old Forster is distilled in. Very unique packaging. Then the Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey Caribbean Rum Cask Finish, also a rum cask finish. You can see that between the Balvini Caribbean cask and the Tullamore Dew Caribbean rum cask finish, I have a tendency to enjoy a rum cask finished spirit. And speaking of rum, I've got a rum that I found in my travels from Maine Craft Distilling called the Queequeg rum with spices added. And Queequeg refers to, uh, I believe, one of the characters in Moby Dick. So actually, Queequeg is the... Uh, Harpooner in Moby Dick. And so this is a very unique spirit. It's got some boldness, some sweetness, some spice to it. Very nice. And then a spirit that I was introduced to during our tequila tasting maneuvers for Cinco de Mayo, Sincoro Tequila de Añejo. Unique bottle. This is a partnership with Michael Jordan and several owners of the NBA. Unique packaging. Very, very ultra-premium spirit. I think it's a couple hundred dollars a bottle, but the Añejo is phenomenal. And then some Fonseca Age Tawny 10-year port matured in wood. I love port. Very nice combination with a cigar. And then from Funky Buddhas, the Sweet Potato Casserole Strong Ale. Now, we first came into contact with Funky Buddha. We did our Alpha Male Pleasure Fest on the flight line. And Funky Buddha, I love their, their beer. So we had them out. And one of their beers is a limited-run sweet potato casserole. Comes out, I think, once a year for three months. Very special. We'll sample that. Then I have uh, two bottles of wine from the People's Republic of California. One is the Silver Oak 2008 Napa Valley Cabernet. Lovely wine. And then from Gurgich Hill Estate, their Napa Valley Essence Sauvignon Blanc. Gurgich Hills, Mike Gurgich, was the, really the man who put California wine on the map. He entered his Gurgich Hills Estate Cabernet, a correction, his Chardonnay into a French wine uh, competition, blind competition, and to everyone's amazement and shock, he won. And that just set California wines on fire. And while he was known for, and is still known primarily for their whites, their Sauvignon Blanc, their Chardonnay, to me they also make some incredible reds. Gurgich Hills, it is a hidden gem in the Napa Valley. And then Tommy D, he's got to his selections the Peerless Straight Rye Whiskey, single barrel, 
the Weller Antique 107 and original weeded bourbon. This is from Wild Turkey. This is their Kentucky Spirit Single Barrel. So we will sample that. And another one, a fantastic scotch, McAllen Highland Single Malt Scotch 18 in the Sherry Oak Cask, followed by one of my all-time favorite whiskeys, scotch whiskeys, the Balvini Portwood 21, finished in port casks. And these, I think the Portwood is... $200 a bottle, $250, something like that. It is a phenomenal spirit. So we've got a fantastic lineup that we will enjoy. Now, I do want to get to, before we get to some other spirits, I want to talk about some of the craziness that is going on in the world. We seem to be living now in an uber, ultra-politically correct society. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, somebody is going to attack you for either being racist homophobic, xenophobic, or some other type of phobic, no matter what you say or do. Now, we are seeing companies that are going to extremes now, absolute extremes, to try to show that, that they are woke, that they are in touch with what's going on in 2020. And the latest example involves pancake syrup. Now, in a million years, would you ever think that the Black Lives Matter group, which, by the way, I, I am all for equality. I'm, I favor the concept of Black Lives Matter. I do not favor, however, when any group, whether it's Antifa, Black Lives Matter, name the group, uses violence, looting, or destruction, or any other violent acts in the name of their, their, uh, their mission, period. Well, the latest example of companies now going crazy is uh, Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats, that company, that wonderful company that bought the very well-known tea company called Snapple Ice Tea. Sergeant Steve, do you remember Snapple? Yes. Do you absolutely. remember who really made Snapple famous? I'm drawing a blank. but Ra Radio personalities. Radio presenters, as Mick the Brit would say. Don Imus. That's true. Howard Stern and Rush. They that's drank right. it. Yeah, that's right. They all did. Okay. So they turned that into a billion-dollar brand. And they said, the best stuff on earth. And remember, they had a TV commercial with Wendy, who was their real receptionist, not an actress. It was like Wendy. I mean, she looked like normal Wendy, you'd see, just like a normal person. Well, Quaker Oats buys the brand for, I don't know, a billion, two, some huge amount of money. It's got to be 18, 20 years ago, maybe less. And what's the first thing they did? We can't be associated with controversial personalities. So therefore, we're no longer going to advertise on Howard Stern and Don Imus and Rush and any other morning show. And then they said, well, Wendy's kind of hokey. We're going to create, we're going to go to a new ad agency, and we're going to create fantastic advertising for Snapple. We're going to show Snapple that, yeah, their ads, while they use radio personalities and Wendy was hokey, but we're smart because we're all brilliant MBAs and we work for Quaker Oats and we just paid $1.2 or $1.3 billion for the company. And you know what happened after that? Sales tanked. And after about three years, Quaker Oats said, think we made a mistake getting into Snapple. They sold the brand, I think, for less than $200 million. Now, they didn't do a bad deal. The problem was they tried to change what made them successful. 
Had they stuck with the hokey Wendy, what people like normal, and they would have stuck with the radio personalities, they would have been fine. But what did they say? Oh, we can't be, they're too controversial. Never mind the fact that those personalities all had large audiences. Well, now Quaker Oats is making another brilliant move. Now, what is your favorite pancake syrup? If you're going to, now, personally, I like the real maple syrup, the 100% real Mm -hmm. deal from Vermont or from Canada or from New York State. But most everybody today buys the pancake syrup you get in the store, which is like corn syrup and artificial, fl- all that other garbage. But it sells a ton. So what is your favorite brand? Uh, probably Mrs. Buttersworth, but I do like Aunt Jemima a lot. Okay, Aunt Jemima, I would say Log Cabin. And I, I yes, think if Log you, Cabin, yeah. And I think if you were going to rank, just like ketchups, if I say, which, what, name me the three brands of ketchup. There's you'd one. Name, well, Heinz, <laughs> and then there's Hunt's, yeah, well. and probably Del Monte, and then the yeah. store brands. But on the rung, when you think of pancake syrup, Aunt Jemima, Log Cabin, and then probably Mrs. Butterworth's, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, Quaker Oats announced they are changing the name and removing the image of Aunt Jemima because they say that the brand is based on a racial stereotype, saying we recognize Aunt Jemima's origins are based on a racial stereotype, saying the move is an effort towards progress on racial equality. It's a 130-year-old brand. And let me tell you, if people were so racist, they wouldn't buy a product that had a black woman on it. And Jemima, by far, is the number one pancake syrup brand. I like Aunt Jemima. I've never once looked at it and said, geez, I'm not going to buy that. In fact, I probably looked and said, maybe there really was an Aunt Jemima. Maybe she had a maple syrup recipe, and great, no problem. But everything has to be racial today, saying that even though the picture has changed over time, that they have to adopt. So Pepsi Corporation owns Quaker Oats, and they want to make progress towards racial equality. I'm sorry. You want to make progress towards racial equality, there's about 50 other things that can be done. Like I said, hey, Pepsi. How about donating $37 million like Google did, and let's fund $37 million inner-city schools, charter schools, to better educate black youth in the inner city? That would do more to assist in racial harmony, if you will, and getting young kids a good education than taking off and dumping the Aunt Jemima brand. The world has gone crazy. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy and Chinese virus sanitation maneuvers performed, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have just pulled out one of the three cigars that will be featured in the June 2020 Cigar Dave Officers Club selection. The Macanudo Inspirado Sampler, a Macanudo Inspirado White the brand-new Macanudo Inspirado Green that is not going to be officially distributed until August. However, our Officers Club members are getting them next week, two months before the entire country. And I have pulled out the Macanudo Inspirado Orange. Why do I love orange? Well, besides blue, orange is my second favorite color. Went to Syracuse University. We're the orange men. Even the high school I went to, the color was orange. So orange, nice significance, and the Macanudo Inspirado Orange is a fabulous cigar. A luxurious taste experience, unique to the Macanudo portfolio. I would call this a sophisticated, medium-bodied flavored cigar. And this particular cigar uses a uh, a Honduran wrapper, Honduran binder, and a three-country filler blend. Dominican, Honduran, Nicaraguan. Initially, the Macanudo Inspirado Orange was sold in 40 countries beginning in 2014, and then they began a few years ago distributing the Macanudo Inspirado Orange in the United States. Comes in multiple sizes, about uh, four different sizes, and I have pulled out their Gigante, or their Magnum size, six inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, 61, or 60, 64, 7 inch, so almost an inch in diameter. And on this particular cigar, the uh, suggested retail is about uh, about seven to eight dollars. Very reasonably priced stick. Very tasty. This cigar, this Macanudo Inspirado Orange, definitely you will notice notes of hazelnut, some caramel, even a little bit of cedar. I know because I smoked one several days ago. I couldn't wait until today. Beautiful stick, medium, medium plus. Can't go wrong. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I've got my CCK from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, the Chinese Kami Killer. For good reason. We can't stand the Kami Pinko Bastards of China. And by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but now there's a new Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus outbreak in Beijing. The last number I heard was supposedly 
60 people, which means probably maybe 200,000 people probably have been infected. But they have uh, cut flights. Now it's amazing. Now China has decided to cut 60% of the flights to and from Beijing. How about 100%? Did you ever think about that? Now all of a sudden they're figuring it out. Unbelievable. But the CCK, the Chinese Commie Party Killer, that's what I would use to commence ignition on my Macanudo Inspirado Orange. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. And I will now toast the foot of this cigar. And I will tell you that that was a major explosive cut. As I cut it, it came up. Not only did it rise up like a volcano, I think some of it went down my my Peter Millar uh, polo shirt here. And some, I think, went up my nose because I'm about to sneeze. Nothing to do with the Chinese Wuhan virus. Hang on one second. I definitely had to sneeze. That may be a first in 25 years on the cigar. But, hey, listen, if you've got uh, just two shows left on the syndicated terrestrial radio show, you may as well get one in to say that you did it in the 25 years. All right, I'm taking my time with this beautiful four giant flames off this Cigar Dave R&D CCK Chinese communist uh, uh, killer. And I will puff and rotate. Very nice draw. Mm. Wow, Parson. Mm. Fabulous draw. Right off the bat, some cedar notes. A little bit of uh, spice. Mm. Take another puff here. Mm. Let me blow on the foot of the cigar. We have a perfect, even amber orange glow. Our cigar will burn appropriately. Very nice. Definite medium, medium flavored notes. Again, a little bit of spice, a little bit of cedar. Almost has a little bit of a, a dull espresso note to it, but very pleasant. You will love this Macanudo Inspirado Orange. Now I need something to accompany it. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Let's see. Scotch, yep, check. We're going to have that now. Bourbon, check. Had that. Beer, got one of those too. We're good. So let me pull out the Balvini Caribbean cask. This is extra matured in rum cask, age 14 years. I love Balvini. One of my absolute favorites. Very interesting story about Balvini. It is part of William Grant and Son. And actually, William Grant, who was born in 1839, began herding cattle at a farm in the upper reaches of the river Deveron. He then apprenticed to a shoemaker, worked as a clerk, then became a bookkeeper at a distillery in 1866. Then he became the manager, learned the distilling trade, and after 20 years, he left the uh, uh, distillery and bought a field near Balvini Castle. Drew up plans for distillery, and that was 1866, and the rest is history. Remained active in the company until the age of 83. And Balvini is still made in that same area in the Speyside region of Scotland in the upper 
on the northeast quadrant of Scotland. And actually, it is in Dufftown, Scotland. And Balvini, very, very unique because not only do they age their their Scotch whiskey in used bourbon barrels and sometimes sherry barrels, rum barrels. They have just a very unique aging uh, barrel system. So this is extra matured in a rum cask. I will open this bottle up. I will pour it. It's got a nice caramel color to it. Mm, definite sweetness. Very bright on the palate. Nice nose, very bright, very lively. Let me swirl it around. Say cheers. Mm. Very nice. Definite notes of the rum. Warmth on the front of the tongue. Slight warmth on the hind sides of the tongue. And some smooth warmth on the way down. Almost a little, I almost want to say maple syrup type of taste, but I don't know. Can we say it's got notes of Aunt Jemima spirit, uh, of, of pancake syrup? I don't know. But just very subtle, almost a maple type of note to it. Take another sip. Mm. And a little bit of citrus, almost a lemony citrus zest to it. Very nice. Can't go wrong. I think this is about $80, $90 a barrel, a, barrel, a bottle. Barrel, you're going to be paying way more than that, I can guarantee. But very, very pleasant indeed. Lovely. All right, let me just follow up. Now that we have our cigar lit as I take another puff, let me just go back to the Aunt Jemima nonsense. In no way, shape, or form, when I look at Aunt Jemima, and I think even if a black person would look at a, at the, a bottle of Aunt Jemima, I think they have nothing but positive feelings about the brand. I don't look at it, and, say, and they've modernized it. I mean, now they just have the face. They've changed kind of the garb and the dress. But you look at Aunt Jemima, a lovely woman. She's smiling. It's the kind of person you'd say, geez, I'd, I'd actually like to be around Aunt Jemima. I'd like to have her pancakes and her pancake syrup. And I'm sure there's got to be some story. Maybe there really was an Aunt Jemima. But companies now are just racing to be woke, and I use that in air quotes, so that they don't offend anybody. Now, I guarantee you, do you think people, I, look, people that buy pancake syrup, I, I'm sure they must have some qualitative and quantitative data on what races buy it, whether it's whites, blacks, Hispanics. I mean, I've never once looked when I've purchased pancake syrup and noticed, I mean, I've never paid attention to say, gee, I wonder what the ethnic composition is. But I'll guarantee you that in the aisle, I probably come across every race that has looked and said, I like the brand, I like the syrup, I'm going to buy it. But now you have people saying, Rishi, Rishi Richardson, associate professor at Cornell, said, Aunt Jemima is a retrograde image of, a, of black womanhood on store shelves. It's an image that harkens back to the antebellum plantation. Aunt Jemima is the kind of stereotype that's premised on this idea of black inferiority and otherness. It is urgent to expunge our public spaces of a lot of these symbols that for some people are triggering and represent terror and abuse. I would tell you this. She says that it's the premise on the idea of black inferiority. To the contrary, I think Aunt Jemima looking at the, at the, the, the at Aunt Jemima on the syrup bottle or on the pancake box, I have positive feelings. And I guarantee you many blacks that purchase it don't look at it and say, 
boy, I, I really have retro, retro antebellum feelings about that. I think they look and say, Aunt Jemima looks like a lovely woman, the kind of woman you'd probably want to meet, want to have pancakes with. Everything has to be dissected in this country. Everything has to be overanalyzed. Everybody's offended. I mean, the next thing that we're going to have to do is get rid of Chef Boyardee because Chef Boyardee perpetuates a stereotype that, number one, Italians are good cooks, and number two, Italians enjoy Italian food. That would be atrocious. We have to get rid of Chef Boyardee. Actually, I think there really was a Chef Boyardee. But nonetheless, in today's 2020 woke society, we have to get rid of any potential stereotype. We've got to call Colonel Ange. You know, I almost want to call Colonel Ange and say, Colonel Ange, are you offended by Chef Boyardee being Italian? By the way, Colonel Ange, I mean, as you know, who's an outstanding cook, every Sunday he's got an Italian meal going on because he posts it on Facebook and sends me pictures. Uh, and I got news for you. Chef Boyardee doesn't hold a candle to Chef Colonel Ange. But I'm wondering if we had, sh- maybe we replace Chef Boyardee with Chef Colonel Ange. That's more woke in 2020. What do you think? I think they they wouldn't like the military reference, though. That's right. Colonel Ange is a proud veteran in the Navy. That's correct. Somebody would be offended. Somebody would say, oh, wait a minute. He was in the military. He was in the Navy. Then, you know what? That's violent. And, 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 and the military has used violence. I'm offended by weapons. I'm offended by battleships. Everybody gets offended. The latest thing is Mike Gundy wore at, on a fishing trip and one America News Network shirt, OAN. And one of the players came out and said, I'm offended. I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to participate. This is, it's a conservative, right-leaning news network. Mike Gundy was fishing. Chubba Hubbard is the, na- is the name of the running back. And, of course, Gundy comes out with his humble apology. I'm sorry. I need to take a step. I need to learn. I need to, I need to feel. Let's, let's, we need to play feelings together in kumbaya. That's what we all need to do. Enough's enough. Mike Gundy didn't have to apologize about anything. If the player has a problem with it, how about picking up the phone and calling Mike Gundy directly and saying, hey, coach, you know, just FYI, I'm kind of offended at this shirt. And Mike Gunny would have said, okay, well, tell me why you're offended. Well, it's a conservative. And Mike Gunny would have said, well, look, I just was fishing. Somebody gave me the shirt. Um, it, it's not like I'm wearing something that blatantly is racist. You differ in opinion. Just like if he wants to wear a Black Lives Matters T-shirt and somebody says, well, I'm offended by that. At that point, do we say, oh, he's got to remove the shirt? What we're living under is what exactly took place with the, uh, the German, the Nazi Socialist Party. They wanted to restrict speech, restrict thought. You towed their line, or they violently and militantly took care of you. They injured you, they harassed you, or they killed you. We live in the 20th, 21st century, although now I think we may be back in the 4th century. I mean, this is almost like going back into a Middle Eastern country saying, oh, okay, you know, you, you can't drive, you can't talk, you can't do this. Enough is enough. If a football player has an issue with it, fine. Tell the coach. Say, look, I disagree with you wearing it. Talk to the coach directly. Don't go on social media. And by the way, I don't see the coach, Mike Gundy, ever restricting social media. I don't believe he's been like Kirk Ferenz, who 
limited the social media. By the, by the way, Sergeant Steve, I know as a Michigan fan, you're thrilled that, that uh, Iowa's really getting it hammered to him right now. What I'm really thrilled about is it was rumored for years Kurt Ferentz was going to go coach Michigan, and they never hired him. I'm, that's what I'm thrilled about. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, think of all the fewer tweets that the Michigan players would be <laughs> tweeting out. I never realized that he had a limitation on that. But by all accounts, Mike Gundy has not uh, ever been accused of being a racist. He's a very good coach. He's very well-liked. Nobody has ever accused him of trying to limit the speech of his players. So if a player has an issue, player can wear a shirt, he can tweet. Why can't the coach wear something? Whether and Fox News? How about if, if he wore a CNN? Then it would be what? Okay, because it's liberal? Enough is enough. We have freedom of speech. And there are times when you, as an American, make it very uncomfortable and very perturbed because somebody says something or wears something under the rights of the Constitution of the First Amendment that gets your blood boiling or seething. But they have the right to wear it. They have the right to say it. Now, I'm not condoning if somebody comes in and says, great, let's, uh, you know, let's be violent against uh, all of our black players. That's different. That is inciting violence. That is different. But if somebody says, hey, look, you know, I, uh, I happen to like Fox News or I like so-and-so who's on uh, – uh, One America News Network, or uh, I like The Daily Show, and somebody finds that offensive, all of a sudden they need a safe space? We need to grow up. This country needs to grow up. The millennials and Gen Z needs to grow up. Maybe they didn't realize that First Amendment protects not only your speech, but someone else's speech that you differ with. I remember the Nazis, that Nazi group, wanted to do March in Skokie, and people were saying, we shouldn't allow it, it's unacceptable, and I remember a number of people, including some Jewish organizations, saying, tell you what, they have the right to march. We disagree violently, vehemently. We despise their views. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to come out in 100 times the numbers, and we are going to peacefully demonstrate or protest. Well, there was like 10 Nazis that showed up, and there was like uh, umpteen thousand people that opposed them. Free speech. Some days you're going to like it. Some days you're not. But do you want to live in a society that restricts your speech? You want to live in this former Soviet Union? You want to live in Cuba? You want to live in Venezuela, where if you disagree with the government, you disagree with something that's not uh, according to the regime, then they throw you in a prison? We're headed that way, my friends, my fellow alphas. We are headed that way. This is nonsense. If that football player didn't like that the coach was wearing a specific T-shirt for a certain news network, too bad. Tough. Leave the team. If every player wants to leave the teams, I'd say, look, then leave. We'll find other players who would like to play who also believe in free speech. Enough is enough already. I mean, what are we, a bunch of babies in this country? That's exactly what we are. And especially on the left, they're all for free speech, except when it comes to your right of free speech, which differs from their uh, uh, viewpoints. Another little interesting tidbit. Two acquaintances. Sergeant Steve, I have to take a timeout. I know when I get, you know what? I see that. I'm rambling. No problem. We will take a timeout. When we come back, I'll tell you an interesting story about some diehard anti Second Amendment NRA libs and Democrats and what they did last week. Oh, my. 
have times changed? Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The Cigar Dave Officers Club takes pride in featuring cigars that nobody else in the country gets, that you as a member of the Officers Club experience first. And I'm pleased to announce for June that one of the cigars in the Macanudo Inspirado Sampler is a cigar that is being released to you first. The new Macanudo Inspirado Green. It is a medium, robust, full-flavored cigar that features a very delicious tasty, complex Brazilian Arapiraca wrapper with Indonesian binder and Colombian and Dominican fillers. The Macanudo Inspirado White, if you want a cigar that tends to be more mild to medium and creamy, perfect. The Macanudo Inspirado Orange, more medium to full in body with a Honduran wrapper. Join the Officers Club today and get fantastic selections like the Macanudo Inspirado Sampler. CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club for $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars shipped directly to you. Join today. I have just poured a glass of Old Forster Birthday Bourbon 2016. Absolutely spectacular. Let me take a sip. Mm. The bottle actually looks like a copper pot still. It is released every September, their birthday bourbon, to honor the founder, George Garvin Brown, one of the founders of Brown Foreman. And this was initially... Uh, barreled, uh, it's aged 12 years, and it was released 2016. Beautiful, medium-bodied, a little bit of zip to it. Definite notes of slight rye, nice sweet corn, very pleasant. Now, as I was telling you, two friends or acquaintances, not super friends. I try not to be too friendly with ultra-libs and dems. It's bad for your health. However, one of my friends told me, said, you won't believe it. So-and-so bought a gun. And so did so-and-so. I said, what? Big-time anti-NRA, big-time anti-Second Amendment, gun violence, we don't need guns. So I called them both up. I said, so, it's come to my understand, my attention, that you have purchased a firearm. One bought a shotgun, and the other bought, uh, I think, a Glock for personal protection. 
And I said, really? You're so anti-gun, so anti-NRA. We're all evil, you said. They said, well, what I saw happening and the police couldn't protect us, I, I had a change of heart. I said, well, isn't that interesting? For all these years, all those of us that belong to the NRA and believe in the Second Amendment, we're all evil, we're all violent. But now all of a sudden, when you're threatened, you wake up to the Second Amendment rights under the U.S. Constitution. Now if only people would wake up to all the First Amendment rights granted under the Constitution, freedom of speech. Many Americans have forgotten that. We don't here on The Cigar Dave Show. Hour number two of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show with many more spirits to sample comes your way next. Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. There is one place that for the past 25 years you could always count on for alpha male pleasure maneuvers. To enjoy alpha male good life maneuvers and discussion, that is the Cigar Dave Show. There is one and a half episodes remaining of the Cigar Dave Show, the terrestrial syndicated radio show version of the Cigar Dave Show. Good news. We're going to move exclusively to podcast five days a week, maybe more. The Cigar Day podcast gets underway July 1st, and the new Bold Alpha podcast comes your way also on July 1st. So while we may be going away on the terrestrial syndicated side of things, we're still available on demand, and I'll guarantee you this. We're going to enjoy our cigars, our spirits, and we will fight the enemies of pleasure and the enemies of freedom of speech as long as we continue broadcast maneuvers. Welcome back, hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. Do you realize I forgot to mention where we're coming from today? The Davidoff Store and Lounge here in the Cigar City. Beautiful place, cigar-friendly, total uh, alpha male friendliness with plenty of dames as well. Tommy D out today, but he has given us his list of five favorite summer spirit selections I just realized, Sergeant Steve, in the first hour, I only got through three, and I think I counted something like, uh, what did we say? We've got 16, 17? 15, 16, yeah. yeah something That's typical, s- though, three in the first hour. Typical. Well, all I can tell you is that next up for sure, I'm going to get to the Tullamore Dew aged in the Caribbean rum cask, the main distilled, correction, main craft distilling, Queen Quig rum with spices, the Sincoro Tequila Añejo, the Fonseca Port 10, the sweet potato casserole from Funky Buddha Brewing. I'm definitely going to get to that, and I got Tommy's selections. If I don't get to them, I will mention them. But there is a McAllen 18 and a Balvini Portwood 21. I'm going to want to get to those. You're getting to those. Yeah, I'm definitely getting to those. There's no doubt about it. All right, we were talking about the craziness with 
Quaker Oats removing Aunt Jemima, and they're going to call it something else. It took 130 years to build that brand. I didn't see anybody protesting or marching or demonstrating in supermarket aisles saying, Aunt Jemima must be removed. People like Aunt Jemima, whites and blacks alike. Aunt Jemima looks like the person you'd want to hang out with. She looks like a lovely lady, great smile. And not only are they changing the brand, they're going to remove the brand, kill the Aunt Jemima name, but they're donating $5 million towards various racial uh, endeavors. And I'd like to know who's going to get this. Is this going to be Al Sharpton? Is this going to be Black Lives Matter that happens to be racist uh, in terms of other races and anti-Semitic? I'd like to know that. But I find it amazing. All these various companies who are now woke, all of a sudden they're woke. Never heard of that term until like two years ago. Woke. They're now woke. And they're now going to be writing big checks because they think, okay, we'll write the check. Yep, that's good. Instead of really doing what is necessary. And that is addressing the real problems. We talked about it last week, but again, companies don't want to get in, in discussions about solving the real problems. We know there is a dearth of male mentors to young boys and adolescents in this country, both black and white. We know that's a major issue. We know there's been a war on boys by the feminists, both black, white, Hispanic boys. If you're a male, you are immediately, the second you come out of the womb, you are immediately perceived to be a potential, uh, potential uh, sexual uh, predator. Nothing could be further from the truth. It seems, as I told somebody this week, with all the nonsense going on between the Chinese Wuhan virus, the, uh, the fact that that Minneapolis police officer uh, Chauvin murdered George, Young, George Floyd, then we've got more cases of the uh, virus, then we've got the rioting and the looting and all the other nonsense and all this wokeness. As I told somebody, Let's be like a bear. Let's go hibernate until January 1, 2021. Then when we wake up, it'll all be a bad dream. But the United States of America is strong enough to get through this. Now, there are plenty of Americans, and I'm using that in air quotes, that despise this country. They hate America. They, want them. they think that Venezuela and Cuba are just paradise until they have to actually go live there. And I got a kick out of what's going on now. They call it uh, CHOP. It used to be, what was it before? Uh, they, they just changed it. It was, they're always changing it. was Chaz. Chaz. Yeah. Uh, no relation to Chaz Bono. Now it's CHOP. Supposedly, because well, I heard one of the organizers saying, because if you don't uh, do what we say, then we chop your head off, you know, like a guillotine. That, that's what he was railing about. But now there's been undercover reporters that have been going in saying there's all sorts of issues going on. And now you've got certain businesses that own property within that shop area that aren't that can't function. You've got a mayor who's allowing this nonsense to go on, a governor who's not going to intervene. And then I got a kick out of the fact that they had some medical emergencies and needed to call an ambulance. So they've got their own sovereign nation, but yet when they need medical assistance, they have to call the outside world. They have to call Seattle. But people can't just come in. You've got to be properly vetted. But I find that these are the same people that said, let's not build a border with Mexico. We don't need borders. But yet they have a border. They don't believe in guns and the Second Amendment, yet they're all carrying around, what, AK-47s or AR-15s, whatever the case is. 
It is ridiculous. And then we saw what took place last Saturday in Atlanta. Now look, I made it very clear. I don't think there was probably any radio presenter who made the case early on, as I have been for a long time, but after uh, George Floyd was murdered, I said, you got to get rid of the bad cops. We know who they are. The police know who they are. When they're bad, you got to get rid of them. The union can't protect them. However, and the entire country was unified. The entire nation was unified in its stance against what took place. Perfect opportunity to have normal conversations and get all races together and say, look, let's weed this out. Let's be constructive. People protested fine, but they quickly devolved to rioting and looting. Then we saw last Saturday night, correction, last Friday night, Rayshard Brooks. We saw a police officer. The police was called. It wasn't the police being proactive saying, hey, let's go try to find a black person sleeping in a car or a white person for that matter. Somebody from the Wendy's called and said, we have somebody in line who is inebriated and he is asleep. Okay, that means if he was inebriated, then he was driving under the influence. That is against the law. There have been white, black, Hispanic, Asians who have had family members, friends, relatives who've been killed by people driving drunk. There's no dispute you want to get people who are driving drunk off the road. It is a hazard to all races. So a police officer from the APD, Atlanta PD, is called. He comes in. And the body cam uh, camera footage is released. The man couldn't have been more polite. First thing he says is, look, are you okay? Do you need an ambulance? Are you sick? And then for 45 minutes, he queries him, talks to him. He says, move your car over, uh, you know, and starts talking to him. They call a... A, uh, a DUI specialist or uh, somebody from the DUI task force, another officer who was also very polite, and they gave him the option. They said they gave him a field sobriety test and uh, couldn't walk the line, couldn't hold his uh, eyes to his nose, all that nonsense. Eyes were glassy. And they said, look, are you willing to submit to a breathalyzer test? Now, you can say no, at which point I believe that you are arrested and uh, I, I, I can't remember what the specific laws are, but you have the right to say no. He said, no, I'll take it. So he blew .10. Now, that was after 45 minutes. Who knows how long he was asleep. So let's just say 45 minutes, an hour, whatever. He said he had one to one and a half drinks. Well, .10 is more than one, especially after 45 minutes to an hour. So at that point, the officer says, I'm going to put your hands behind your back. Some she's going to be arrested. Well, Rayshard Brooks immediately resisted arrest violently, stole a taser, ran, then turned back towards the chasing officer and pointed the taser towards the officer who then shot to protect himself. Now, you have to remember, the week before, six Atlanta police officers, including four black police officers, were fired or put on suspension because they used a taser on people in a car, and the DA said, well... A taser is a deadly weapon. Okay, so it's a deadly weapon there, but yet when Rayshard Brooks turns around to use that deadly weapon and the officer shoots to protect himself, then all of a sudden the taser is not a deadly weapon. So we've got to be honest. But there's a reason. Yesterday, the, an exclusive to the Daily Mail 
Headline, exclusive, Rayshard Brooks was on probation for four crimes, including cruelty to children and face going back to prison of charge with a DUI when he was found asleep and intoxicated at the Wendy's drive-thru. Now you know why he decided to run. Now, the charges to which Brooks pleaded guilty and for which he was still on probation date back to August 2004, convicted on four counts. False imprisonment, simple battery family, battery simple, felony cruelty, and cruelty to children. He was on probation. He had not been in trouble since 2016, but last December he went to Ohio without informing his probation officer, but the case was dismissed. Now, we heard his attorney saying, well, if they only would have talked to him and just let him walk home, well, Rayshard was not the saint that everybody wants to portray him. He knew that if he got arrested, then he's going to be get back in the clink for a while. So that's why he ran. So let's not paint this on the Atlanta police officers. When there's bad cops, I'm the first in line to say, bad guys, violent, they got to go, period. End of discussion. And all four of the officers, not only Chauvin in Minneapolis, I said the three that stood around, including there was one Asian officer who people were, and now the videos come out, people were saying to him, look, the guy's he can't breathe. He hasn't moved. You've got to check. Tell your partner. In fact, there's even somebody, I believe, from the Minneapolis Police Dispatch who was watching this in real time that called, some, I think, another officer or another department head saying, look, you got to check this out. I mean, they've got their, their knee on this guy, and he's not moving. Those three officers could have gone to Chauvin and said, knock it off. Not one did. I don't care what your seniority is. When you turn around and see that, you say, listen, enough's enough. They're all guilty. They're all complicit. But these two Atlanta police officers did everything by the book. They were cordial. They were friendly. They did not harass Rayshard Brooks in any way, shape, or form. And frankly, had Rayshard Brooks not resisted arrest, he'd be alive today. Probably still in jail. And a number of people said, well, you know, he would probably would have been out. And initially I said that. Okay, well, he gets arrested, and then he's out in a couple hours. Well, now we know why he wanted to resist and not get arrested. Rayshard Brooks could have taken an Uber. Problem solved. So let's be honest in this country. When there is an issue with police, let's call it out. When there's not, let's also say the police did everything by the book. Not everything is racial. And I guarantee you, had that been a white person, an Asian person, a tourist visiting from out of the country, I guarantee you those two officers would have done the same thing. And if the person would not have resisted arrest, they would have been booked and they would have been out probably in an hour or two and then they stand uh, trial or first offense, get your license suspended, and that's that. Moral of the story, Rayshard Brooks should have taken an Uber or should have taken a Lyft, or if he did drive, should not have driven or gotten a designated driver. End of discussion. I realize that's not the politically correct line to take today, but people have to be honest. And if you're not going to be honest, if that deems somebody a racist because they're honest, so be it. But the truth always prevails. And what I did find amazing is there were protesters, obviously the next night, but not in the massive numbers that we saw in other cities. Why? Because I believe when people saw the tapes released by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, not only the dash cam tape, but the, 
the, uh, the officers' uh, cameras that they were wearing, the body cams, as well as the tape showing Rayshard Brooks running around turning and going to shoot that taser. There's a reason the GBI released all that information. They wanted the public to see everything. But nonetheless, the mayor of Atlanta called for him to, for the officer to get fired, and he was fired without due process. I'll tell you, to those of you officers listening in Atlanta, if it were me, I would have looked as a unit said, this is nonsense, we're being scapegoated, and y'all should have called in sick because that was uh, unacceptable to not get due process. Criminals get due process. They want Rayshard Brooks to get due process, but they don't want the officer to get due process. And the coroner in, or the medical examiner in Fulton County declared that Rayshard Brooks' death was a homicide. No, it wasn't a homicide. It was self-defense. End of discussion. If you got a problem with it, send me an email, CigarDave at CigarDave.com, or uh, reach out on Facebook or Twitter. Many people have done that. No problem. We can engage in spirited debate. I'm all for that. The problem today is people mistake debate for attacks. And when you don't agree with their point of view, then you must be silenced, you must be canceled, you must be eliminated. Perfect case in point. You've got MSNBC, correction, BSDNC's Joe Scarborough saying that Facebook is promoting extremism, says Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care that Facebook pushes users to extremist sites. I wonder, the Federalist, which was blacklisted on Google Ads, is that an extremist site? They're a conservative site. They're not extremist. But yet, all of a sudden, you are labeled extremist if you disagree with what they have to, their, their point of view. We are going down a very slippery slope. You want to start burning books? You want to start restricting speech? You want to start becoming Venezuela, the Soviet Union? Good luck. Let's see how quickly you like that deal. You're not going to like it. Nobody's going to like it. And this all goes back to the snowflake society, the entitlement generations, the millennial generation, Gen Z, where they're all told they're perfect. Everybody gets a trophy. Nobody wins, nobody loses, because you're all winners. Nobody learns how to lose gracefully. Sergeant Steve, you got two kids. Do they keep score? Absolutely. There you go. Now, did they? Was there any T-ball when they first started that just? And you should play for fun. You should always play for fun, but you can still keep score. No, in T-ball, they don't keep score. Okay, which is five and under. Which five and under? You're, you're okay. learning the game. That's, right. For the most time, it's their first time swinging right. a bat, catching a ball. Correct. You know. And when they win, they're happy. When they lose, they're right. not so happy. But I will tell you, in when we got to machine pitch at the six-year-old, in the fall ball, they don't keep score. But every kid on that field is keeping score. Even though they, we don't keep score. On both teams. Oh, they know. They, they know, know exactly what the score is at all times. So there's no pitchers? No, it's a machine pitch. So Why is that? For safety? Safety, consistency. You know, obviously they don't want the kids throwing at age six and that. But uh, I, I suppose you could do coach pitch, but they do machine pitch. So, so what do they set it about, like uh, 98 miles an hour? Uh, 38 for the miles an hour is what it's supposed to 38. be. 38. Okay. And, but the kids all know. But they all learn. Yeah. That if they win, you win gracefully. Mm-hmm. If you lose, lose gracefully, well, whatever the case may be. It's a learning process. Some kids get upset as they lose or strike out or right. whatever. And, but that, but, but that's they do it while the they're learning. young. But that's, that's correct. And, and as coaches, as parents, we're teaching them. I mean, my kids at home compete on everything, and they keep scoring everything, and they get upset when they lose. And it's a conversation right. every time of you can't win every time. You're not going to win every time. 
You have to learn how to, to lose. Tell, tell your brother, your opponent, good game. And the problem is when they don't learn how to win and lose while they're mm -hmm. young, then when they do lose and they are not winning or they don't win when they're adults or adolescents, what happens? Mm -hmm. They become these entitled brats that if you disagree with me, that's, the that's the, a form of losing because I'm losing the argument, right. I'm losing the debate, therefore, that's it. Cancel them and, and let's, let's call them racist. Yeah. And as I play games with my kids, I let them win sometimes, but sometimes I don't. And it's, it's, we have to learn. Learn how to win properly. Learn correct. how to lose properly. That is correct. Well, I can tell you one thing I'm going to win at, and that is spirit tasting today. As we continue our summer spirit selection. You like how I segged into that, Sergeant Steve? It took 25 years to be a professional to seg into that, just, just the way I did. Well, I've got the Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey has made a huge resurgence, huge renaissance the last 10 years or so. In fact... It is the hottest spirit in terms of sales increases. Now, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, and it is distilled. The way they distill it, it is multiple distilled, so it's ultra smooth. You don't get the bitterness. You don't get a lot of the ultra warmth. Very smooth. But Tullamore Dew, which uh, began distilling in 1829, this is their Caribbean rum cask finish. It's got sweet tropical notes. So this is Irish whiskey to begin with is very pleasant. For those of you that don't like a peated whiskey, that don't like anything too strong, too much warmth, try Irish whiskey. It is a hidden gem. Now, I'm swirling this around in my snifter. I'm getting beautiful, sweet, aromatic notes of apple, some pear, a little bit of uh, clove. I will say cheers. Take a sip. Mmm. Oh, loads of vanilla on the palate, very smooth, little bit of sizzle on the end of the tongue, but very nice, very pleasant. Mm. Irish whiskey is a spirit that is a hidden gem. Many of you may not have sampled Irish whiskey. Many of you go to scotch, go to bourbon, enhance your palate. Broaden your palate. Broaden your taste profile. Try some Irish whiskey. I am personally a fan of Tullamore Dew. I love this Caribbean rum cask finish, but they also have their age series. You can't go wrong. It is delicious. And that will bring us, when we come back, to our next spirit tasting, because this is finished, this Tullamore Dew in a Caribbean rum cask finish. I'm going to have a very unique craft rum distilled in Maine, Portland, Maine, when we return. It is our summer spirit selections, and of course, we take on the enemies of thought, the enemies of speech. We tell it like it is on the Cigar Dave Show, and when we go away after next week's final edition of the Cigar Dave Show, our terrestrial syndicated radio show, our podcast will be just as blunt, honest, and truthful. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave.
1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. the winner of the first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your general, Cigar Dave. I have won that 25 years in a row. I am undefeated for the Nobel Pleasure Prize. All right, I was mentioning to you, my last spirit was the Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey Caribbean Rum Cask Finish as we enjoy summer spirit selections. And the rum cask, you get some sweetness. You get some very unique taste from rum. Remember, it comes from sugarcane. Well, now we're going to move into rum. And when I was visiting Maine probably, I don't know, three, four years ago, I came across Portland, or correction, Maine Craft Distilling in Portland. And I had the chance to meet, sample their spirits and meet their master distiller, and tour the facility. They've grown into a bigger facility. And one of their very unique spirits is called the Q-Queg Rum with spices added. It is 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. Very interesting story behind this. Many ships were built on the shores of Maine, supplying fleets of sailors and fishermen the means to travel the world. While on the high seas and in foreign lands, they also discovered spices for flavoring their rum. You have to remember, rum was the big spirit way back in the day. Really, everybody says that that uh, rye was America's first spirit. Really, it was rum. But the embodiment of this mystique and adventure can be found in Kukweg, which is the harpooner in Melville's Moby Dick. They use a blend of spices and fruits. It is a full-flavored, robust spice rum that conjures these attributes. I've just poured some unique bottle. Now, on the nose... You get a lot of sweetness, almost orange peel on this. Sergeant Steve, I poured you a glass. you got to try this. This is fantastic. I'll say cheers. Take a sip. Oh, that is magnificent. Delicious. What do you think? A lot of spice. It's very different for rum. Very different. Some sweet spice, Mm -hmm. some warm sizzle spice. But very smooth all the way around. Oh, it's extremely smooth. I mean, this is delightful. I mean, I can tell you in the summer, put a little in a snifter, 
put a big giant ice cube, a pre-prohibition type of uh, ice cube block in there, and just gently sip away. And as that ice cube melts, gets it chilled, it'll dilute the Q-Queg rum just a little bit, but very pleasant. This is this would be a wonderful after dinner uh, aperitif. Yeah, oh, it's a perfect dessert, dessert. Mm. Uh, yeah, aperitif. Mm. Big word, Sergeant Steve. Big it, word. it is. It is aperitif. I'm learning. I mean, listen. Other shows call it an after-dinner spirit. We call it aperitif. We know what we're talking about here. All right, I want to move in before we get to some other items here. While I'm on a roll on some spirits, I'll tell you, that Q-Quick, let me take a sip of uh, water to clear my palate because that's got so much intense fruitiness and spiciness. Mm. Okay, now this is a tequila. When we did our Cinco de Mayo tequila tasting maneuver show, we came across this. Our good buddy Dan O'Connor at Breakthrough Beverage called me and said, General, I've got a line of tequila that I'm going to include on your tasting. It is a must. Top shelf. They're all hundred-plus a bottle. And it is a unique story. It's called Sincoro Tequila. Unique, unique packaging. Very long, tall bottle. It was founded by Michael Jordan and several other basketball owners over dinner. They wanted, they enjoyed tequila. They said, hey, let's do our own tequila. So it comes in a Blanco, in a Reposado, and in an Añejo. And I've got the Sincoro Añejo. Incredibly flavorful, very luxurious, super premium, high-end, made with 100% Weber Blue Agave, hand-selected both from the highlands and lowlands regions of Jalisco, it is aged in underground cellars for 24 to 28 months. The Sincoro Añejo has light-cooked agave, dried fruits on the nose, and you'll notice a little bit of butterscotch, almost some orange rind. Let me say, oops, we can do that better. Cheers. That's better. Take a sip of this Sincoro Tequila Añejo. Mm. And in Spanish, Añejo means aged. This is unbelievably smooth. There is no bite. There is no bitterness. There is no aftertaste. It just slides down your palate like silk. In fact, I need to take another sip here. It's so good. Mm. Wow. Absolutely magnificent. In fact, I loved it so much I took the bottle. $125 suggested retail price. What's very unique is that if you get about eight of these bottles, the way that the cap, the very top of the bottle, it's a almost looks like it's a glass or plexiglass cap that angles. And the way that the bottle is shaped, I think you can get eight, if I'm not mistaken, or ten bottles together, and it makes a circle, and you can put a basketball on top of it. That's how they designed it, which I thought was very unique, almost like the NBA championship trophy. So very pleasant. One of the tequilas that we just discovered their Reposado is, is excellent as well. A little bit more moderate in price. I think it's in the $100 area. But this Sincoro Añejo Tequila, absolutely off the charts. Didn't you take a bottle of one of these, Sergeant Steve? No? No, uh, we gave it to Danny Williams. That's right. Danny, I think, yep. took the Reposado. That's, That's right. correct. Well, I made, No, wait a minute. I've got the Reposado and the yeah, Añejo. Yeah, yeah. He's got the Blanco. the Blanco. That's right. And I'll tell you, the Reposado is excellent, different flavor, slightly different, but the Añejo worth every cent of the 125 bucks. Well, we talked about the craziness with Aunt Jemima pancake syrup. They're, that Quaker Oats is going to take it off 
the shelves. They're going to rebrand it. I mean, that's a big brand. That's that's a that's got to be close to almost a three quarters of a billion dollar brand at least. At least. Well, from the UK, Mick the Brit will enjoy this. An ex Labour member of Parliament is now targeting Kellogg's Rice Krispies, the toasted rice cereal that many of us in our youth enjoyed over the white boys that are on the box. Snap, crackle, and pop. What's the slogan with, with Rice Krispies? You put the milk on, snap, crackle, and pop. Okay? So the three characters are named Snap, Crackle, and Pop. They happen to be white. Actually, they're not white. If you take a look at them, some of them are like a yellowish-orange. They're cartoon characters, okay? They don't look like real humans. But that will not stop Fiona Onasanya, a former Labor Party member of Parliament who has the distinction of the only being the second person in history to be kicked out of Parliament by their own voters using a recall petition. She has called on Kellogg's to justify why Rice Krispies are represented with three white boys while the Cocoa Pops mascot is a monkey. I mean, I, Sergeant Steve, now I'm not going to get any sleep for the next umpteen weeks until I find out why this, why, why this occurs, why you have white car- cartoon characters on Rice Krispies and on the Cocoa Pops you have a cartoon monkey. Go figure. This is, this is disturbing. I'm just waiting for a cartoon uh, cop dog to be on one of them. And then. By the way, they're talking about there's been a campaign that, that cop puts. Uh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. You know that, Sergeant uh, Steve. My kids have Your watched kids watch it. it. Yes. Paw Patrol. German Shepherd, mm-hmm. who's actually like a nice cop and goes drives around in like a tricked out SUV. And he happens to be a pretty, you know, a, a well-liked character. He's a good guy. Listen, German Shepherds are the best. Well, people said, you're not woke. That. He actually is police, a police officer. Therefore, you're sending a bad message to our nation's youths, uh, or youths, as, uh, as uh, they would say on my cousin Vinny. Well, this has now gotten completely outrageous. These are cartoon characters on cereal boxes. Do people not have anything better to do? Apparently not. I'm answering my own question. They have nothing better to do. I mean, Tony the Tiger is a tiger. I mean, do we want to replace it with something else because somebody could get offended because maybe one time they saw some nature movie and they saw a tiger eating a gazelle. Well, I'm sure PETA's after them. Oh, I'm sure they are. Absolutely. But, I mean, it just gets, what about super sugar smacks or sugar crisps or whatever? Wait, Captain Crunch. Why is Captain Crunch, he's not really white because he's more of an orange-yellowish hue. Why is he an orange-yellowish captain? I'd like to know the answer to that. This is now ridiculous. It is now beyond ridiculous. It is crazy. I mean, there is, what is, on cornflakes, there's what, a chicken or a hen? I mean, I'm waiting for people to say that is racist. Because certain people do not eat meat or chickens or poultry, therefore you must remove it from the box. We can make that case for any single product. But, as I say, Enough is enough. When are people going to wake up besides me saying, get a grip, get a life, really, move on, tend to things that are important, stop being in the weeds and, and, and getting involved with the ridiculous minutia. Another big word, Sergeant Steve, the liberals will not know. Minutia means the small details. 
I have to explain that because I realize we they're not have, concerned with small details. No, they, everything everything is a big everything is a major detail for them. Everything is absolutely big. It is absolutely beyond ridiculous. And I say enough is enough. Sergeant Steve, when you were growing up, did you ever read the magazine Popular Mechanics? Uh, not regularly, but yeah, I mean, yes. I did. It was cool. They'd have these mm-hmm. diagrams of how a plane flies, yeah. you know, how a truck works, you know, uh, how a crane works. And they'd have all sorts of things. And, of course, I'm not very handy in terms of building anything, but I always found it to be an interesting magazine way back because I'm a rocket buff, an aviation buff, and they'd always feature rockets and planes, mm-hmm. you know, how built bridges are built. I always find that to be very interesting. Well, Popular Mechanics now has gotten woke they published a how-to guide to take down statues without anyone getting hurt. Now, personally, when somebody takes down these statues, it is part of history. You may like it, you may not like it, but the fact is, it is part of history. You cannot change history, although there is a massive movement to change history, revisionist history, if you will. Uh, You always use the example of Sir Winston Churchill, the great prime minister of Britain during World War II and also served a couple of terms thereafter. There was a museum of uh, a museum visit with all things Churchill. World War II, Churchill. They had a giant picture of him, a giant billboard of him as you walked into the museum with a victory sign. He had the V, you know, his two fingers as a V, victory after World War II. But there was something missing. The cigar that he always had in his mouth was photoshopped out. Revisionist history. Because people said, well... Cigars, that doesn't connotate a good image. We're going to change that. You cannot change history. Are we going to change Stalin and Lenin and change them and revise history to say they were swell guys? Are we going to say Hitler? Let's get rid of his mustache and let's make him look a little more friendly. There's nothing friendly about Adolf Hitler. History is history. You like it, you don't like it. That's how it is. You cannot revise history. There is a movement underway. Well... Now they want to take down all these statues. And I got a kick. There was one statue I can't remember. I think it was Virginia. And they had all these, they had these protesters and riot. They weren't pro, they were rioters and, and looters. And they got up like, uh, like the, the Iraqis did, pull, toppling down the, the statue of Saddam Hussein. But I got a kick out of it. Because as they were pushing this thing over, the idiots did not realize that when it topples down, straight down, If you don't move away, you're going to get whacked. And sadly, horribly, one of the looters and the rioters got whacked and is in serious condition. And then all of a sudden, the people that were on the top of the base of the statue, when they saw what happened, they're like, oh, no, oh, my God, oh, no, what do we do now? What did you think was going to happen when you topple it down and you got these schmucks standing in front of it? Learn your lesson. Stay away. You want to protest it, fine, but let's not get into revisionist history. It is going down a very slippery slope. Speaking of Winston Churchill, you noted on Twitter after the show last Saturday how Google is censoring him. That is correct. I'm glad you brought that up, Sergeant Steve. If you do a Google search, in fact, I'm going to do it again to see if they changed it. British prime ministers. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Do they have Winston? Oh, they put a picture. There was every British prime minister from 1922 on, there was a picture with one exception. Sir Winston Churchill, probably the most famous and greatest prime minister in British history. 
there was no picture of him. And people pointed it out. I pointed it out. That's not accidental. That's not coincidental. Well, now, clearly, Google has righted the wrong. And now there are people protesting Winston Churchill, his statue. They had to actually encase the statue to protect it in some sort of cement block because for whatever reason, people wanted to go after Winston Churchill. I have no idea why. But I got a kick out of these protesters. They're so bright, and they're so, such historic geniuses with such massive historic knowledge that they actually wanted to deface and topple Abraham Lincoln. The sole president that was responsible for, number one, fighting the Confederacy, number two, signing the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves, and ultimately getting assassinated because of it. But they wanted to face Abraham Lincoln. It shows you they are totally historically illiterate. They are not very bright. You would think people would say, no, 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 we got to protect this statue. This is one guy we have to protect. Stay away. No. They defaced that too. Now they're going after George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. Mark my words, there will be an effort to rename all schools that have George Washington or Thomas Jefferson to rename them. Guaranteed. It's going to happen. Enough's enough. We have to speak out. We have to say, look, we're 100% in favor of, of uh, equality. We are against racism. We're against anti-Semitism. We're against any form of discrimination. But by the same token, we have history. We have to speak up. Thomas Jefferson, George Washington. I mean, you could then, in another 50 years, there may be some groups that say, you know, we're going to go after Barack Obama. We're going to go after him for some odd reason. Some group comes in. American history literally is set in stone. World history is set in stone. Don't F with it. Do not screw with history. What do they say? That if you, are, if you forget history, you're condemned to relive it. That's a very another dangerous, slippery slope. We cannot forget that. The final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show from the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa featuring summer spirit selections comes your way next. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. The Cigar Dave Officers Club takes pride in featuring cigars that nobody else in the country gets that you, as a member of the Officers Club, experience first. And I'm pleased to announce for June that one of the cigars in the Macanudo Inspirado Sampler is a cigar that is being released to you first. The new Macanudo Inspirado Green. It is a medium, robust, full-flavored cigar that features a very delicious Tasty, complex Brazilian Arapiraca wrapper with Indonesian binder and Colombian and Dominican fillers. The Macanudo Inspirado White, if you want a cigar that tends to be more mild to medium and creamy, perfect. The Macanudo Inspirado Orange, more medium to full in body with a Honduran wrapper. Join the Officers Club today and get fantastic selections like the Macanudo Inspirado Sampler. CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club for $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars shipped directly to you. Join today. Hi, I'm Rocky Patel. 
After 15 years of hard work, I'd like to introduce you to the Rocky Patel 15th anniversary cigar made at our factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. This cigar showcases a beautiful, oily Habano wrapper from Ecuador. Fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and Condega make up a rich, complex, spicy taste with a lot of full flavor. The Decade, another one of our masterpieces. Made in Honduras, beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with secret fillers. It received a 95 rating, one of the highest rated cigars ever in Cigar Aficionado. This medium to full bodied cigar is rich, complex, yet elegant and well balanced. 15 years ago, they thought we'd never make it in the business. 10 years ago, they thought we'd never last. Five years ago, they started paying attention. Now, we're right where we belong, in your hand. So enjoy the 15th anniversary and the decade these cigars will deliver. authority on cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General Cigar Dave. Hope you are enjoying our penultimate edition of the Cigar Dave Show next week. The final edition as we celebrate our 25-year anniversary syndicated radio show, the Cigar Dave Show, ends after an incredible 25-year run. However, July 1, a few days later, we immediately begin the Cigar Dave podcast and the Bold Alpha podcast. So, at this point in time, I ask that you immediately do a search in your favorite podcast aggregator, Cigar Dave. Make sure you subscribe. Bold Alpha, you can try. Some will have it. Some may not for another few days. But keep checking every day. You'll want to make sure you subscribe to both Cigar Dave and the Bold Alpha podcast. will come your way Five days a week, sometimes seven, sometimes ten times per week. There's no limitations. All right, I do have some limitations on time, so there are several more summer spirit selections I will get to. Now, Fonseca, the aged Tawnyport 10-year-old, primarily matured in wood barrels. This is 10 years. I love Fonseca. They're bin number 27 you can't go wrong with. I will have the number or 10-year aged Tawny right now. Mm. Wonderful aperitif, a lot of sweetness, ruby red smoothness. Mm. It's a fortified wine. Very nice. Can't go wrong. Now I'm going to move to Silver Oak. It's a bottle of my 2008 Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. I love Silver Oak. They have Alexander Valley and the Napa. This is the Napa. Let me say cheers on that. Mmm. Oh, yeah, this has been aging now for well over 12 years. You know, now that it's open, I'm going to have to finish the bottle. Absolutely magnificent. Mm. Now, one of the beers that I discovered while sampling around during our Cigar Oktoberfest was from a brewery called Funky Buddha down in Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton, South Florida. And they've got a beer called the Sweet Potato Casserole. It is a strong ale. It is ale brewed with sweet potatoes, vanilla, and spices, but it's not overly powering. It's not like you're eating sweet potato, but it's got some very unique notes. Let me take a sip of that. Mm. And that's only available about three months out of the year. So when you find it, buy it. It is magnificent. Now, Tommy Diadio, Tommy D, 
of Corona Cigars in Davidoff. He had about five selections, but I'm going to take a sip of the McAllen Highland Single Malt Scotch 18 Sherry Oak Cask. Mmm. Wow. Major flavor, major pepper notes on the tongue. And last, <coughs> excuse me. Lastly, the Balvini Portwood, aged 21 years, Portwood casks. Take a sip. Oh, about 150, 200 bucks a bottle worth every penny. Delicious. Hope you enjoyed our penultimate summer spirit selection edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Cigar Dave, the general saying, may your humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Subscribe to the Cigar Dave and Bold Alpha podcast. The final episode, edition of the Cigar Dave Show after 25 years on syndicated radio comes your way next week.